What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 31 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where we are hauling freight and talking shit from state to state. I'm workshopping some new catchphrases, so let me know what you guys think about that one. I need your feedback. Speaking of feedback, I also need an intro song for this podcast. We're almost a year into this thing. We need some pump-up jams to lead us into an episode. And speaking of episodes, I got another fantastic one for you guys today. I'm going to bring you up to speed about my journeys over the road. We're going to talk a little small business. We're going to talk a little ethanol in your diesel. We're going to close things out with a little update I wanted to give regarding some health and wellness stuff. So I last left you off. I dropped the episode on September 19th. I was in transit taking a load from Sparta, Wisconsin, back down to Grand Prairie, Texas, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it ended up being a load from hell. If you follow along with me on my YouTube channel, I documented some of the bullshit that happened to me along the way. And basically, so this all started with a coolant leaking issue. Now, a few months ago, I uploaded a video talking about how I woke up in Simsboro, Louisiana one morning to a coolant leak. It ended up being just these two hose clamps on a rubber union that came from the coolant tank. Took the socket wrench out, fucking tighten them up, fixed, no problem. Well, similar issue happened again this time. So when I left Des Moines the next morning, I was taking 35 the whole way back to get to the DFW area. So I was just west of Kansas City, into Kansas, and my coolant sensor goes off, which means one of two things. Either the sensor is going bad or you're actually leaking coolant. Now, this happened to me once when I was with Pam. I had a coolant sensor go on me when I was on 65 South going towards Kentucky, and I had to pull over. My coolant tank was full. But the sensor was still going off, and you know it forces me to shut the engine down, and I I, I ended up having to get towed. Uh, but it's an easy fix because I just pulled off into a Kansas rest stop, and I could have probably gotten that sensor somewhere or Ubered to a store somewhere to get it and fix it myself because it's right on the back of the coolant tank. However, I was actually losing coolant again this time. I pull into the spot, and instead of it being that same rubber union from Louisiana, it's the second one down right in the middle. Kind of hard to get at. I got the socket wrench in there. I tighten it, trying to get both of those clamps as tight as possible. The top one ends up going. I stripped I stripped the clamp. It's old. My truck's nearly at 600,000 miles. This stuff happens. It's been in hot, cold weather, running. You know, it's it's gone through some wear and tear. You know, half a million miles is not, you know, brand new by any stretch of the means. So what can you do? Unfortunately, uh, the Kansas Turnpike is a lot like other turnpikes Maybe you've traveled on it. It is a toll road, so you, there's no really easy off, easy on. Because when you get off, technically you pay the toll, and you're in a town, and then you have to get back on. So there's not a lot of truck stops you can just pull off and get to. I was at a rest stop that basically is you know, in the median in between the highways. So that way both the south and northbound side could pull in. And it just has a fuel station, um, a regular gas station with some fast food restaurants. No mechanics, no body shops or anything. So I was forced to call a roadside guy for something as simple as you know, a hose clamp. Luckily, I was able to narrow it down that it's definitely the hose clamp because I did lose coolant, but once I got to a certain point, it stopped, meaning it was a pressure issue. Now, I learned this by just doing some of my own YouTube research and Googling. That's the perks of trucking, and that's why I'm making this content. Once again, I want to put that out there. Is I'm documenting what I'm going through because it's helped me, you know, it's helped me along the way. I'm looking up what other guys are doing, and that information is really helping me as I move forward in my career. But anyways, roadside guy comes out. He fixes. He just swaps out both the clamps, puts two new ones on, tops off the coolant, 
does a little pressure test, which verifies once again that it's definitely, you know, it had to do with the hose clamps, you know, and it losing pressure going down. We're good to go. Finally, I can breathe again. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I was early. I'm making good time. We're rolling. So I end up staying that night at the Petro in Oklahoma City. OKC is only about three hours from Dallas. So it'll be an easy drive in the morning. We're good to go. Wake up, leave the Petro, get on 35 South in Oklahoma. And I'm about 20 miles north of Ardmore, Oklahoma, which is right by the Texas border there. Coolant sensor goes off again. Now I'm fucking furious. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I end up actually having to pull into a way station and I was actually, I was sweating bullets because God forbid I got to go get an inspection right now. I, I, I'd be fucked. But I go in, roll over the scale. I'm good. There's parking spots though just ahead. So I pull in this parking spot and I go scope out what seems to be the issue again. So it's not the top set of hose clamps. It's not the middle. Now there's a bottom one where you physically got to get underneath. I go to get out the socket wrench again. I end up stripping this fucking hose clamp again. And now, now I'm fucking furious. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, all I'm trying to do is get to fucking Grand Prairie, you know, and this is, and this is about to hold me back. I'm going to have my, I've never been late two years of doing this over the road. Never been late for a pickup or a delivery. You got to be fucking kidding me. But I breathed, kept my cool. My temperature gauge was fine. I just topped the coolant off as much as I could. And there was a loves 20 miles away. I'm going to fix this myself this time. <laughs> So I got in the truck, crossed my fingers, prayed, made it to the Loves in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I go and talk to the mechanic in there. And what's tough about going to these truck stops, when you, whenever you want like help or any sort of work done, these guys operate like machines sometimes. It's like they, they have no foresight of just like helping you out. Like I go and tell them, I'm like, hey, man, I just need to swap out two hose clamps. Was wondering if I can buy them for you and maybe borrow one of your drills or something. And the guy like froze. He's like, um, what's your truck number? I'll check you in. And I'm like, no, I don't need to be checked in. You don't need to look at anything. Like I need, I just need your help. You're a mechanic. Can you just help me? You know, I had a similar experience with this when I was trying to buy the new fucking Apple watch. I show up to the Apple store and I wait in this little line outside. Uh, you know, they have these barriers and it was outside the store out at the mall in Austin. And I go to the guy, he's like, yeah, how can I help you today? I was like, yeah, I came to buy the new Apple watch. He's like, did you have an appointment? I said, no, I just wanted to come to the store and buy the Apple watch. He's like, did you order it online? I said, no, I just wanted to come to the store and buy the Apple watch. He's like, did you pick one out online? I said, no, I just want the regular black new Apple watch that has just come out recently. I just want to give you money for this watch and this guy's brain must have went haywire he had no idea what to do he froze and he's like uh he goes well if you order it online you can pick it up in store i was like yes but i'm here right now i just want to buy the apple watch this guy ends up having to go talk to his manager and, and have a conversation with him about it because he was telling me he's like oh we're not allowing uh you know customers to come in store because of covid policies so, and this is towards the beginning of 2022. So, I mean, I guess, you know, people were still playing around with whatever COVID policies. But the store was full of people who had appointments to have their phones looked at. Like, the store was jam-packed with people. And so he goes to have to talk to a manager just to figure this out. And finally, he comes back and he's like, okay, sir, um, you're going to go inside, grab a mask, and then go speak to the attendant back there, and they'll be able to help you out. And I was like, all, all I was trying to do is, I was trying to do something that we've been doing throughout human history, like bartering 
for the longest time. And this guy just completely lost it. All I was trying to do was go to the store and buy something. Same thing happened with this mechanic. It'd be like going to your neighbor, be like, hey, man, can I borrow your wrench? That's it. That's all I was doing to this mechanic. I just asked him if he had two hose clamps, if I could borrow a tool. And the guy's like, he wanted to check my truck in and like, oh, we have this protocol. I'm like, dude, you're doing too much. Relax. So finally, he he lets me borrow some tools. He sells me some hose clamps for six bucks. We're good to go. I fix the issue myself. I get I get underneath the truck. I got to undo these clamps. I got to get, uh, you know, my Leatherman out so I can break the other hose clamp off because it's stripped. Get it done. Fix it. And, and I used a power drill to tighten it this time. They got as tight as we could. We're good. Money in the bank. All three of these hose, these sections of hose clamps are finally in the books. We're good. We're never going to have any issues again. And I ended up making the delivery on time. Perfect. I was an hour early. Actually, I had a noon appointment and I showed up at 11 a.m. Awesome. All's well that ends well, right? Well, my next load was set to pick up in Waco and I was going to take it to New Braunfels. As soon as I got empty in New Braunfels, I was then going to take a load for my good friend Dan in his company, working with a direct shipper. I've mentioned him before. And I was going to take that product from Austin up to Dallas and I was going to keep rolling. I was doing good, getting good rates. We were fucking moving and grooving along this route. Well, I leave the DFW area and I go stay in one of my favorite spots down there in Hillsboro, Texas at the 35 split, you know, about 40 miles south of Dallas and Fort Worth. And I wake up the next morning and fucking, you guessed it, coolant on the ground. Now I'm, now I'm scared. (laughs) Like legitimately scared. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I do a full inspection. I'm looking around. I didn't lose that much coolant, though. I was still above the min line. That's what was freaky. Like, it's not like I lost a gallon or anything. I was still good. And I'm looking. I can't see coolant anywhere. Leaking. I can't see a drip. Nothing. I turn the truck on, and the coolant's not even bubbling. There's no white smoke. There's Everything's running perfectly fine. My temperature gauge is fine. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So at this point, I knew I had a problem period. I was going to, I was going to do whatever I had to, to figure this out. And somebody was looking out for me that day because when I got to Waco, the load I was supposed to pick up ended up getting canceled. And this actually was a blessing. Still get paid 200 bucks though for a, a load canceled, but this allowed me the opportunity to go straight home and try to diagnose this problem. I end up calling a mechanic, having a conversation with him. And he tells me straight up, Hey, You definitely have a problem, Um, might be a head gasket, not too sure, I'd have to look at your truck, but if your temperature gauge is good and you keep that coolant topped off, you could technically run. The reason why I'm saying this is because that load I had to take from Austin to Dallas was a must deliver. This was stuff I was taking that was going to a trade show. I could not let my friend down on this, especially when you're working with a direct shipper, there's no broker in between. That's, it's not just, uh, you know, R&R's MC and DOT number on the line. It's actually personally my reputation on the line. And I could not make a friend of mine look bad in front of his boss by bailing on this load. Because personally, I wanted to take the truck straight to the dealership immediately. But I knew I couldn't do it. So I got the thumbs up, the shaky thumbs up to still run and make this load. I was able to do it. Got up to Dallas, delivered to this trade show, got back down to Austin. I actually got to Got to get rid of my empty trailer, too. I dropped that in Waco as a favor to R&R, my carrier. 
and I rolled back home. You'll figure out this issue. Now, I dropped my truck off. Here's my, here's my dealership dilemma. <laughs> because this just fucking, what an experience with these dealerships. Because I had a lot of people tell me, hey, man, try to find a mechanic. Somebody's not going to rob you, you know, dealerships and stuff. But then also I had a lot of people tell me, oh, you got a warranty. Make sure you're getting all your work done at respectable places, preferred shops. Because that warranty, if they find out you went to you know, Joe's Diesel Shop, they won't cover or repair if something happens you know, to that engine. You might be stuck with a $5,000 bill. So I just took it straight to a dealer thinking that I'd be good. And you think when you go to a dealership, maybe you're paying a premium, but you know They'll get the job done because their name is on it. My truck is a Peterbilt. I'm taking it to a Peterbilt dealership. The name is there. I'm paying a premium. I should get, you know, what I'm getting. And I drop it off on a Saturday morning. It starts off good. The guy, I, I go over the issue with this one guy, and he's telling me, oh, it sounds like this is actually probably a radiator thing because he's looking at the engine. And he goes, I can tell you right now it might be something with the radiator. Um, hey. It'll probably get looked at Monday or Tuesday latest, and realistically, it will be done by the end of next week. How does that sound to you? And I was like, actually, that works out perfect. I can afford to be down for a week. I can, like, we're I'm budgeted that way. We're, we're all right. We had a good past few weeks, and I had family coming to town next weekend, coming in on Thursday. So, all right, cool. Done by next week. Down for a week. Can roll out the next you know, the following Monday, Monday comes around, no call Tuesday comes around. I call and I'm told my truck hasn't been looked at yet. Wednesday comes around. They're telling me, Oh, we're waiting to hear back from the warranty just to make, you know, to see if this could be covered under your warranty or not. And I said, okay, this is Wednesday morning. I went to go look up to see if anything radiator was covered on the warranty. It, uh, it is not. I call the dealership back. I tell them, Hey, it's not covered under my warranty. I just went to look. And they're like, oh, yeah, we looked, too, on the portal. It looks like it isn't covered. But we're waiting on the warranty company to come back just to be sure. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because technically, they, they, they already had the issue diagnosed, but didn't tell me the, the full issue yet. But they had the problem diagnosed that it was just the radiator. And so, and I was like, are you kidding me? Then in between, like uh, I spent about an hour like debating what I was going to do. I get a text saying, okay, the radiator core is leaking. It needs to be replaced. So that's the entire issue. So I call back after I get the diagnosis and I said, okay, can you guys start the repairs ASAP? So this could be done, you know, by, you know, by Friday so I can get the truck and be ready to rock out on Monday. And they're like, oh, we're still waiting on, you know, to hear back from the warranty to get an email. Now I'm fucking pissed. Because I already dealt with this warranty bullshit the first time with my with my oil pan. They don't answer emails. So he so I I call the warranty place and I talk to a guy. I say, hey, this dealership's waiting on an email for you to tell them that you're not covering it. Guy's like, oh, okay. Sends the email right away. My truck still doesn't get you know worked on at all on Wednesday. They don't start the repairs. They don't start the repairs until Thursday. And then I call for an update. Mind you, the dealer said that they were going to tell me about the updates and they send you text messages. I'm getting no correspondence. I keep having a call about the updates. The guy's like, oh, it's not going to be done Thursday. It'll probably be done Friday. I call back Friday. Um, there's other jobs going on at the moment. So um, I'm in the text not scheduled to work Saturday. So now you're looking at it being done Monday. Okay. You got about a time a day on Monday, just so I know. Now I'm getting fucking furious. 
and they're like, I don't know, we can't really give you a time. Every time I called for an update, somebody spoke to me like they were annoyed. And like, here's the thing. I don't own this truck for fucking pleasure. It's not a Corvette. So when I'm calling for an update, it's because it's literally my fucking livelihood at this point. It's not, you know, for shits and giggles over here. You know, this isn't my Lamborghini, even though, you know, it costs about as much as a Lamborghini. But anyways, but now I'm losing a day. I'm going to be down a day because now I'm not going to be able to take a load out on Monday. And so Monday swings around and there it, I, I speak to another woman on the phone who's annoyed that I'm calling. And the first time I call her, she's like, oh, no, I only called her once, but she had put me on a long hold. She's like, oh, I can't track down the foreman uh, to give you an estimated time of completion. I said, oh, do you know when he gets in? I'll just call back then. She said, oh, he didn't pick up his phone. Look, I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I worked for a supply house. Like, just because some guy doesn't pick up his phone doesn't mean you just say, fuck it or whatever. No, you put me on hold and you get up out of your chair and you go find the motherfucker and get a goddamn answer. That's doing your job. That's taking fucking ownership. That's solving a fucking problem. Not that fucking hard, lady. So, anyways, she tells she gives me an answer, and they're like, she's like, it's de- it'll definitely be done today, but I'm just not sure what time. Finally, in the fucking you know, in the eleventh hour, they close at seven p.m. I go down there to pick it up at six p.m. And I go ahead and I do a you know my little I do a overall look through inspection on it because I also went ahead and got it serviced. So I crack the hood. I look at everything. All right, it's looking pretty good. My windshield washer fluid is empty. I dropped it off. It was half full. So things started to look up from there, though. I was able to get out on Tuesday, pick up uh, that same empty I dropped off in Waco. Well, not the same exact trailer, but I was able to pick up an empty from Waco where I dropped it off. And I was going to get some self-checkouts from Wichita Falls, Wichita Falls, Texas and bring those back up to grab it. Here's the thing. I got the empty. I go to fill up at a quick trip, and uh, I, I go ahead and check my tire pressure as I'm getting fuel, and all of my tires are below 90 PSI. Now, normally you want to keep them at, you know, definitely above 100, but I like to keep the PSI 105 and up. You know, manufacturer specs is really where you want your PSI at. I dropped it off at the dealer, and everything was at 110 or up. How it dropped that much in PSI after I got a service and preventive maintenance, I don't understand. At this point, nah, I'm going full Karen. I go on Google. I dropped a one-star review. I typed that shit out in fucking notes, edited it, made sure it was good to go, dropped that on there, got a reply from corporate. Oh, call this number back. We want to make things right. I ended up talking to the GM of the dealership, you know, making things right. Uh, You know, I told him, I was like, look, man, I live in town. Like, I'm thinking, you know. I, I want to be able to feel comfortable going to a place like this. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a small business in town. I can come see you guys. I know that I can, you know, walk out of there, you know, and trust that the service gotten done. And this guy just told me straight up. He said, next time you're coming in, call me personally and give me a heads up. So in 30,000 miles, when I need my next service, I hope to update you guys with a better update on that. But continuing along, this was an awesome thing because I initially was going to take a loaded trailer out of Waco and bring it back up. But instead I grabbed those self checkouts out of Wichita Falls. Now what that did is that had me going up through Lawton, Oklahoma and picking up 44 to cut across, go towards OKC back up that way to get on us route 412. That takes me to the Northeast corner of Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas. 
that had me stopping in Oklahoma City that night. And a good friend of mine who I served in the Marine Corps with, uh, Mr. Joe Marshall, shout out, he hooked me up, shot me a text over, hey man, a day to remember in the used they're going to be in town. I, you know, I told you about this months ago, but you know, if you're around, come through, I can get you in because I'm slinging beer at this show. And I, I'm not going to pass up those opportunities. Um, went out with him and, and shit, we, I was there for you know, four or five hours and I think we didn't stop talking straight. Really good to catch up with an old friend. Haven't seen the guy in 10 years, you know, since 2012 when I got out of the military. So it was really good to catch up with him and see how he's doing. Uh, awesome dude out there. You can look him up on IMDB. He's been in a couple TV shows. He's going to, you know, he goes and reads scripts all the time for movies and shit like that. Aspiring actor. Look out for him. He's on the come up. Uh, so, Joe, he's also a listener. So appreciate you, brother. Get me in the show. Appreciate you listening. So from there. I brought those self-checkouts back to Gravit, and this is when the pendulum started swinging back. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. We were in a big valley the whole time the truck was at the dealer, and then we started climbing back up to the peak. So my dispatch had told me, you know, hey, you find any loads yet you want to do after these self-checkouts? And I was like, oh, no, I was going to scour for, you know, something leaving out Wednesday or, you know, early Thursday, depending on pickup times and schedules. Ended up getting a hookup on a literally a down and back, a turn and burn, paying over $3 a mile the entire way. So you got about 630 total miles just going from Gentry, Arkansas to Dallas, and then from that same place coming straight back, which is, you, you really can't beat that deal because there's zero, there was virtually zero deadhead or empty miles from where I delivered the self-checkouts to where I picked up to the delivery point and then back. It's all, it was, it's seven miles from where I dropped the self-checkouts off at to Gentry, Arkansas. And then I drive the load straight down to Dallas. And then I get unloaded, stay at that same dock, reloaded with stuff and bring it back up to Arkansas, same spot. You really can't beat a deal like that, especially with a rate per mile over $3 a mile. You're really say, you know, you're, you're shaving yourself some money. You're cutting a decent profit on that load. And that's what I'm in the middle of now. I'm up at my favorite honey hole up at the Loves in West Siloam Springs, Oklahoma. Chilling here for the night. Uh, Going to get some fitness in. But I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we wanted to talk about small business and what makes it so great. I mentioned earlier about going to find a local people telling me, oh, find a, you know, a local mechanic, a, you know, a, a regular guy, a small business, you know, somebody out there in Central Texas who will, you know, help you out for cheap so you're not paying all that much and labor costs when you go to the dealership. And uh, I'm going to network and find a guy, especially for things that aren't so expensive or maybe just routine maintenance. But it got me thinking when it comes to small business. And I was talking to a friend of mine, another buddy I was in the Marine Corps with. He owns a pressure washing company down there in central Florida, Orlando area. If you're out there, look him up. It's Holidays Pressure Washing. And he has an Instagram too, so feel free to go follow his Instagram account. Uh, Instagram account. Holidays, holidays, PWS, it might be. Um, anyways, so he used to pressure wash a bunch of Zaxby's uh, restaurants. They're a fast food chicken joint. Very excellent place. Uh, highly recommend going to Zaxby's. Great chicken sandwich. And uh, he, had, you know, he had a good deal uh, doing these Zaxby's restaurants in his area, and he did a great job. And then all of a sudden, one day, you know, the the GM down there had told him. 
oh, hey, man, corporate came down and they didn't like what we were spending, uh, you know, on you personally, you know, doing, you know, doing our restaurants, you know, they're trying to cut costs. So we're going to actually go with this, you know, big, bigger company uh, because, you know, they, they only cost this much. And, you know, my buddy take, takes it on the chin. You know, he's like, all right, no harm, no foul. If you need me, call me, you know, blah, blah, blah. This happened a while ago, mind you. Now, he went back to the same Zaxby's to go get himself a bite to eat. And he saw the pressure washing job that was being done by the business that replaced him. And he showed and he went into detail about how shitty that they were doing. Showed the sidewalks, showed the building, showed where there was still shit on it. And if you know anything about Florida, you know it's humid. Pressure washing is almost needed, you know, for building sidewalks, roads, driveways, etc. You, you know, it's a, something you need. And, it, and if you're going to pay for it, you want it done well. And he just showed about how much it sucks. So that's what happens when you cut costs. That's what happens when you cut out the small business and you go for the mega guy. You go for the big company. Now, similar, I've had been having similar conversations with people about this. I mentioned my friend uh, Dan who has sometimes given me that load from Michigan back to Austin. He wanted me to bring that stuff from Austin up to Dallas for a, a trade show. He's paying me more than the carrier, the common carrier that they may call or hire, like one of the big guys over there, ABF is who they'll use a lot. You know, they're less than, they're less than me. I told him what I wanted to be paid for those loads. I, I named the price, and it's more than what they're going to pay. But you know what? He had that conversation with his boss that I'm a local guy. I'm in town. You're helping a guy with a wife, a family, a house, things like that. You're not paying a company. You're actually helping about helping out a guy. And he liked that. And then similarly, I had a friend of mine from college. He reached out to me on Instagram. He asked me about taking something from outside of Fort Smith up to Massachusetts. He told me about some number. He told me some numbers that they were looking at. And then I told him, I was like, hey, I see those numbers. I can actually do it for this. And then he came back to me a little bit later. He said, oh, they found another carrier that's right around that area, and they'll actually do it for way less. And it was like some mega carrier. I forget uh, who it was. I don't think he knew the name. But it was some like $800 less than kind of what I had asked uh, to do it for. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, no worries. You know, if you need it, call me. Um, but, you know, let your boss know that, hey, I, I am, you know, a small business. I could do it myself. And not only that, when it comes to the loads I've done for my buddy Dan, and just like this one, you know, that my friend had told me about coming out of Fort Smith, there's a big difference between calling a common carrier and calling me. You tell me when you need it picked up or you tell me when you need something there by, I will get it there on time. You call one of these common carriers, it could be an open pickup, you know, eight, you know, eight in the morning, between eight in the morning to, you know, between your business hours, say you're open from seven to five, they'll be there from seven to five. So that means the delivery could be, who knows, they could get there at 3.30 because of these e-logs, they might not have it have it there for another extra day. Me, I'm going to book my freight around when I got to get your load. So I'm like that. Like there was a time where I had to take a load from Michigan back to Austin. I planned my whole week around getting to Michigan for that specific day and time, so that way I can get it at a specific day and time early. Because I've been told and was told by the employees at this place in Austin, where my friend Dan works, like, oh yeah. Sometimes you don't know if it's coming, so, you know, oh, it'll be here Tuesday and then it won't show up till Thursday. And that seems to be a common trend when I go to some warehouses and I talk to these warehouse managers and stuff. Oh, yeah, this was supposed to come this time when it comes to the load boards that I tell, tell you about that I use. And mega carriers sometimes have more freight than their company drivers can haul. So guys like Werner, Schneider, they will put their loads on load boards. I can tell you right now 
that odds are those loads are on the load boards because they're already late. So I've had times where I've gone to pick up a load and I get loaded right away. And then I get to the person and they're pissed at me because it's, it's quote unquote late, but not late via the broker. It's late via the customer. So, I mean, that just gives you a little bit of insight and inside baseball on how things work in the supply chain world and why maybe working with small businesses or the owner operator or the small fleet owner is a little bit better than these big businesses. You know, it's just like the fucking the local Facebook group for your town. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm in Watertown talks for Connecticut, Wolcott chats. I'm in one for my neighborhood out here in Texas. There's always that question. Oh, are there any local flower shops? Are there any local this? People always love asking for like local businesses for certain stuff. How about we start doing that every day for shit? Because these big businesses, they are not looking out for us at all. They want you to be a fucking endless consumer buying their shit. I had a problem at the dealership recently. My wife had a similar problem at a Chevy dealership. She ended up having a brake issue. Ended up going to a smaller guy. Got car was done in two hours. The Chevy dealership said, uh, Chevy dealership screwed her over. They had her make an appointment. And then when she brought her car in for the appointment, they said, we're not, we might not be able to look at it for three days. Are you kidding me? Like that, that's the type of shit we're going to deal, deal with now. It's, 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 it's unbelievable anymore that this is how far we've come where we're, these big companies want us to be slaves to them. Let me explain that by using the car industry for that example. As these cars get newer and newer, they are harder and harder for the average consumer to work on. You know, with cars, it used to be, oh, your dad could teach you or you could figure it out from your you know, mechanic buddy or something like that. But now you pop the hood of any of these cars that are newer than, you know, 2010, say, for example, everything is so compact and condensed and built this certain way where it takes special tools to take it apart just to fix one thing. You know, my good buddy, he's got a Jeep. He had a faulty oil sensor going that popped up a check engine light. It costs like $850. The part itself is only like 60, but they have to like remove the whole steering column and do this shit to the engine just for this one little part. All that shit is by design. And look at the, and I've mentioned it before, look at the, they keep pushing these electric vehicles. You think you're going to be able to work on an electric vehicle yourself? You think that there's just going to be an easy way to do it? No. You're going to have to go to their dealer, their mechanics, do it themselves. They need, like this, you know, society and big businesses want you, the consumer, to be, you know, residual income for these people. You know, the, the fucking Klaus Schwabs of the world and the WEF fucking losers, they say it all the time. This is out of their playbook. They say, you will own nothing and you will be happy. This is the fucking shit, bullshit narrative that they're still trying to push. That's why they want just big businesses because it's just easier, easier. But have you ever noticed as shit has gotten easier and technology has gotten better, fucking nothing's getting better, schools are still getting shot up, crime's high, Everybody's depressed. People, More people are depressed now than ever before in fucking history. But yet we have everything at our disposal. We can get anything we want in the palm of our hands. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking insane. So I know that kind of drifted off a little bit talking about small business. But seriously, support small businesses. Use them. If you can afford to pay a little bit more, guess what you're doing? You're helping out your fucking neighbor. You're not just, you know making the minimum yacht payment for some douchebag like Jeff Bezos, if you know what I'm talking about. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about a little ethanol in your diesel. 
So this goes out to anybody out there who's an owner-operator. If you're a company driver, you could just ignore this because it ain't your truck, right? No, but no, could be information for you too. Just so you, you know, you might want to, maybe you work for a small fleet owner. You want to tell him, you know, this kidding. Maybe you drive a, you know, a Dodge Ram Dually. You want to know what kind of fuel you're putting in your truck. Hey, if you remember from a couple episodes ago, interviewed my good friend, Zoe. Go back and listen to it. You know, a lot of good information in there. I didn't know a lot about ethanol. You know, first time I heard the word was 2008. And all I heard was, you know, hey, it can make gas cheaper or whatever the fuck. Uh, I don't really know. I know that it's like vegetable oil or some shit. Very uneducated on it. She told me about what it is. Well, guess what? Apparently that stuff's not too good for your engine, especially diesel engines. And I've been seeing a lot of videos and reading some blogs where guys always have been talking about, you know, watch what type of fuel you're putting in your tanks. You can go on YouTube. There's guys who sometimes get their fuel tanks cleaned out and they'll be filled with black shit in them because of the quality of fuel that they're getting. And me and Zoe were actually having a conversation because she was at a quick trip and shout out quick trip. I've mentioned them before. They've got some of the cheapest retail diesel out there now. And, you know, with a price point like that, okay, how's the quality? Well, the word on the street is she tells me that quick trip fuel is actually really awesome. However, loves truck stops seems to be open and willing to take the E15 ethanol diesel, swapping uh, the non-ethanol diesel with it. Funny, I heard no news announcements about that. It's not on Freight Waves magazine. It's not on Overdrive. None of the big, none of the big media guys seem to be talking about Loves wanting to do that. Now, why is that? Loves is getting away fucking clean on that because it's probably cheaper for them, and they get to sell it at their max retail price. Loves got some of the highest retail diesel out there. So, I mean, just buyer beware out there with your diesel fuel. And you know, it sucks that as you're running a business, you know, like a, a, a small trucking company. There's so many things you got to worry about, especially stuff like maintenance with the stuff I had going on. You figure the last thing you want to have to worry about is the type of fuel you're putting in your tank. You know, especially with the, you know, you'd think the only thing you got to worry about is just the expense of the fuel. No, now you got to watch out that you're not putting fucking garbage in your truck. So, you know, be careful out there. You know, if you're at a truck stop, ask the manager of these places. Hey, man, you guys got ethanol or something like that? You know, this is something because the, these will, this ethanol fuel can put guys down. You know, they could have problems with their fucking engines. They could be down for a week. You know, there's there's more ammo for your, quote-unquote, supply chain shortage. You got fucking trucks getting shot because they're putting garbage into the, uh, you know, into the engine of these trucks. And segueing right into that, speaking of garbage in your body, you know, you don't want vegetable oil in your diesel engines. You don't want, you don't want excess vegetable and seed oils in your bodies, too. And that gets me into the last segment of the show. I want to talk a little bit of health and wellness and... Uh, if you follow me on, you know, Instagram and TikTok, you know that I, I that's kind of been my primary focus. It's been talking about health and wellness as an over-the-road truck driver, mainly because the stats speak for themselves when it comes to health and wellness in the trucking industry. Drivers are not the healthiest in the world. They're some of the most unhealthy, you know, in the country. Uh, and these people suffer from things such as obesity, high blood pressure. You know, they are in jeopardy of failing, you know, their DOT physicals. Normally, a DOT physical is good for two years. Some of them around the one-year restriction. Um, health and wellness, there is no culture of it in the trucking industry. Put it that way. Like I said, big business is coming back to do it. They run the show. You know, what's inside of Loves and a TA and Pilot, all that, you name it. They're, you know, they don't have restaurants like cooking real food anymore. They got fast food joints. And hey, don't get me wrong. I don't fast food shame here. 
Nobody loves a fucking Wendy's Baconator more than me. But, you know, you can't just go eating you know, 6,000 calories every day and then get mad, you know, at Wendy's over it. But, hey, they got the money. They want to be there. They're selling it. People are buying it. But, you know, not to go off in that tangent, what I'm trying to do and what my goals are is to change the culture of the health and wellness in this industry. And I, I kind of reached a breaking point on it when I was on TikTok looking at my For You page. And there was a video of a guy. He was walking around his truck, you know, saying goodbye. He's saying he's retiring. You know, I drive it for 32 years. I've been in this one since 09. Very heartfelt video. But in it, the guy was like, you could tell his breathing was off. And then when he closed out saying why he retired, he said it's because he can't drive anymore and he holds up this little thing because he's on oxygen. I, I don't know if he's a smoker or not. I went back in his videos. I couldn't tell if he smoked cigarettes. And, um, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that's a reality for a lot of drivers out there. A lot of these guys don't retire because they're just, they've reached that age and uh, they're, you know, they got the pension or 401k or they're ready to take Social Security and they're go ready to, you know, ride off in the sunset. A lot of guys are forced out of that driver's seat, like this guy, I'm sure was. And how much of his retirement you think is he going to really enjoy? What's he going to be able to do? You know, he'll have time off, but how far can he walk? Can he go for a long walk on the beach with his wife? Can he even walk his dog? Can he go explore the Rocky Mountains, the Pacific Northwest? Can he go see, you know, the beaches in Mexico? You know, what? You know, what energy does this guy have to live out the rest of his life? And I was like, you know, I, I, I honestly just couldn't take it anymore. Because there are a lot of guys out there who are sacrificing their bodies and their minds, you know, for this job. And they don't have to. That's the thing. They, there is an option. It's hard, but there's a way to do it. And so if you've noticed, I've uh, posted some videos. I've been wearing a plate carrier got the first form patch on it and i'm working with some people over there at first form with their app they have an awesome app it's just first form you can look it up and i have a link for it in my instagram uh and tiktok bios you can go to it you can click on the link in the bio download the app right from there and what it does is it's great to track your macros track the food you're eating track your activity uh, but it also hooks you up with a certified trainer, nutrition person to help you along the way to reach your goals and stuff like that. It's a very, it's an amazing app. It's way better than my fitness pal in so many ways. And so I've been in talks with some people over at First Form because I want to use this app to help drivers out there. And so basically what I'm trying to do is if I can get other drivers out there to download and get into this app, I can be the guy helping these people out, making a plan, fixing their health and wellness. So, because I'm trying to do it on my own with just content, but you know, it's tough to get into these algorithms. You know, there's too many, you know, big titted women who are in my way and there's people who are way funnier than me, you know, to get me into these algorithms. So getting with a company that can, you know, with a platform can help me do this. So that's why I'm working with First Form. What I'm really trying to do is get drivers on this app because I know enough at this point to where I feel like I can change other drivers' lives out there. I know how to eat well. I know how to work out. I can do all these things. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have any sort of certifications. I'm not trained, but hey, 
I was once 275 pounds. Now I run marathons. The marathons didn't come until I got in the truck. I want to work with drivers. I'd say when it comes to qualifications, I think I set at least somewhat of a standard for other guys out there to want to reach towards. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about regarding health and wellness. So if you see me out there posting uh, about it, you know, like and share that stuff for me. If you know any drivers out there who you think could benefit you know, from that type of service, let me know because I'm willing to give my time and energy into anybody out there who needs it because these guys, people should never be forced to retire because of you know, their health like that. Everyone deserves to live a great life, but it does come with making hard decisions and doing the hard stuff and doing the work. But that is all I got for you guys this episode. Thank you once again for listening. Make sure to check me out on the socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Lombard Trucking. Throw me some likes. Ring that bell and hit subscribe on the YouTube. You know the deal. Drop some comments down below. Let's get me kicking in those algorithms. And as always, you guys ever want to talk, I'll be here.